Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. Hi, I'm Brad Wilson. So happy you could join us again today for Loving the Christ Life. This uh, program is brought to you each week by the Christ Life Fellowship. Check us out, christ-life.org. Well, last week we started a brand new series with Warren Litzman called The Cross. Oh, nobody can explain this better than Warren and tell you all about it. And we're so happy today to present part two of The Cross. Here's Warren. Don't come to me and tell me that you believe in salvation that you received at the cross. And then tell me you must do something to live a better Christian life. They don't mix. They're two different things. I want to get you into Christ with an understanding of how you got there. I want you to have an understanding of this translation. You don't go from a living soul to a living Christ. Well, let's mark that out. You go from a living soul through this cross. You'll be surprised how many people come to my meeting and say, Oh, I got it. I got just what you're saying. I understand that, just what you're saying. We've gotten from what we are to in Christ. No, not if you don't understand the cross. You got, you got to know about that cross. You have to understand what that cross is all about. Because you see, if you understand the cross and you went through the cross with understanding, then your in Christ position would be fixed properly. Well, you say, didn't we all go through the cross? There's no other salvation. You're right. You can be saved. Scripture says that. I go back to Paul's statement, the one that I'll quote more than anybody else. The Apostle Paul says that we are saved by the cross. But that scripture doesn't give us the full understanding. That's only one half of the understanding. So it is possible for you to go this route here to get to the in Christ position by saying, sure, Jesus has saved me. I believe He died for my sins. And I believe I'm going to go to heaven and I believe I'm ready for the in Christ message. But you bypass the cross and what it means. So the subject of this conference is going to be what happens right here. What happens to a human being that understands what took place at the cross? And the first thing I have to tell you about that is that you must have an understanding between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace. Dual religion is based on a kingdom message. The kingdom message is based on what you do. Are you aware of that? You never thought of that maybe. 
I have a lot of dear friends in faith ministries and they're irritated when I make this distinction that you're telling everybody it's free except they need to get faith. Not free there, is it? It's not free unless they're standing on the Word. Isn't that right? It's not free unless you're given a good offering. Never heard a faith preacher that didn't want an offering with What is all that? That all has to do with the kingdom message. Because the kingdom is based on what you do. That's why it's best to say it belongs to Israel. Because they never did do it. That's why they're set aside right now. Israel never did do what God told them to do. And she won't be picked up till the millennium. So that's a doer religion. You have to know the difference between what you do and what God did. So we're back to this line here. You can bypass the cross by saying, yes, I've already believed on the Lord. You talk to somebody about the Christ. Yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe I'm in Christ. You ever talk to anybody like that? They just come right out and say, yes, I believe that. That's what I've always believed. That's what my preacher preached. You know what they did? They bypassed the cross. That didn't mean that the cross is not where Jesus died for their sins. It means that in their own personal life, they don't understand the cross. The kingdom message ignores the cross. We'll get more into that in a moment. So you have to know the difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace. This is why our preachers so violently fight grace. They like to say we're sinners saved by grace, but don't take it too far or I won't have you doing anything we need to have done. So you need first a keen distinction. You can bypass the cross as a part of your life by just simply saying Jesus died for my sins. Another thing you need to see Most who preach the kingdom message commingle the cross in it. Let me show you the difference between somebody who says Christ died for our sins and when he died they put stripes on his back and by his stripes we're healed. Believe that. What is in that statement? Two things. Something you must do and something God did. What do we call that? That's a commingle gospel. Commingle. You know what commingle is? You got a whole bunch of stuff and it's like braided hair. I saw a bunch of it here a while ago. Commingled hair. Braided. All mixed up. You can make it look pretty. Now I've seen some braided hair that's beautiful. A gospel could be like that. Commingle, all mixed up to where you hear a statement here and a statement there, and you say, Well, look at there, it's all there, saying the whole thing. It's commingle. Remember, anything that's mixed up is not pure. I'm not talking about hair now, I'm talking about truth. <laughs> it's mixed up. 
the gospel of the kingdom message does not present the cross as an intricate part of God's plan. I came to this watching some of my brethren on television. I noticed one thing about them. They never got too close to the subject of the cross. The subject was happiness, joy, peace, health, healing, deliverance, but never was it the cross in its proper distinction. It was so commingled. Why was that? I asked one of my friends one time, television preacher. I said, why don't you preach the cross more? He said, it's simple. I'm on television reaching a buried audience. And I don't want to bring up anything bloody to them. I want to try to reach them without them thinking that way. I didn't rebuke him because that's the way most people are in religion. They just don't want to think that way. I hope your thinking can change at the close of this conference. Let's look at the record. The first message we have in the Bible after Jesus died on the cross was preached by Peter on the day of Pentecost. He didn't say that folks the greatest thing that's ever happened has taken place. And everybody that believes that Jesus died for their sins could be saved. And everybody that comes to the knowing of God's plan will know that not only did Jesus die but the second part of the gospel, you died. Did Peter preach that on the day of Pentecost? Did he preach that at the beautiful gate? Did he preach that in his epistle? No, sir. Why? He's a kingdom preacher. He doesn't preach the cross. What did he preach about the cross on the day of Pentecost? He said, you Jews killed him on that cross. You murdered him. Is that preaching the cross? No, that's a historical event. That's really what happened. I've always thought that not only was the Holy Spirit so moving on that day that 3,000 got saved, but time Peter got through preaching law to them, they were afraid to move away and not believe on Jesus Christ. You made murderers out of all of them. They needed to do something. You ever been to a church service like that? Did you know that the word cross is mentioned in the four Gospels only as a historical event?
only as a historical event. Atheists believe that. Cults believe that. Romanism believes that. Most preachers preach that. But the cross is never mentioned as a place where lives are changed in the four Gospels. The word cross is mentioned three times in the book of Acts, and once again it's mentioned as a historical factor, never as salvation. It's mentioned once in the book of Revelation. Once again, as a historical fact. Why did I bring that out? It's because I think we don't know and understand what happened at the cross. Six times in Paul's epistles, he gives us a depth scripture as to what happened at the cross. He says, God forbid that I should glory in anything except the cross of Christ. The apostle would say, that I don't want to know anything except Christ and Him crucified. So we have to go to Paul to find out what happened at the cross. Why is the cross so lightly talked about by the followers of Jesus of Nazareth? The answer to that is another question you can answer. Why did God raise up a whole new and different preacher who knew not Christ as Jesus of Nazareth, who was a Judaizer destroying followers of Christ, why did God have to do that? Because if our Bible had been left without Paul talking about the cross, we would have never known what changes the life of a human being. We would have still had a gospel where everybody said, yeah, I'm in Christ and I'm going to pray more so I can be more like him. A mixed up message. An untruth. Why was the cross so hated? You need to mark this scripture. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 12. Now follow me closely because this is a verse of Scripture not worded as well as I'd like for it to have been. The Lord can be glad I didn't write the Bible. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they can, I'm at verse 12. What did I say? Galatians 6 and 12. 
and as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Now there are two very important things said in this verse. The first is where the followers of Christ, Judaistic believers, and kingdom people were in their walk. It's stated in that verse. There are many that want you to make a show of your religion in your flesh. What is that? That's the epitome of your religion. I grew up in it. Grew up in a holiness church. If you don't do right, if you don't talk right, if you don't dress right, if you don't go to the right places, and if you don't do what the preacher says. Heavy law. Why do they want me to do that in the church? So the preacher could look down on the front row and say, folks, there's little Warren. He's living the life. He's holy. I was in a church service one time where the preacher looked down at the front rows and they had five women sitting there. He didn't have hardly anybody else in the crowd. <clears throat> but he said, there's the five most godly women there are. What was that? They knew a fair show in the flesh. They made a fair show in the flesh. That's what we call religion. If you're trying to change these things, that's where you're trying to make a fair show in the flesh. Why do so many people hate the cross? I laid the groundwork for it. I told you about a lot of religious people that won't have anything to do with the cross. You know why? Because the latter part of this verse says that if they preached the cross, there would be persecution on them because they had been demanding a fair show in the flesh. And the cross does not demand that. Makes no demand of that. These people hated the cross. It was there, they had to face it. Jesus died on it, but they disliked it. And the whole book of Galatians deals with that. We'll go back to that if I have enough time in this conference. You need to see that. They disliked the cross. Oh, thank God he died for our sins. But that only triggered in people, now we're going to use that as a means of demanding from people what we want them to be. Why did they dislike the cross? Because it destroyed the law of Moses. Get it now. We're getting to the heart of this crude drawing on the board here. What did the cross do? Why would people want to bypass it? In the scriptures, 
It was because it destroyed the law of Moses and they could not and would not give up the law of Moses. The kingdom message is established on the law of Moses. How many times today are you hearing preachers say, folks, we've got to keep the law. We've got to have the law of Moses. Did you know the cross destroyed the law of Moses? Took it away. Now you know why preachers don't like to preach Paul. Because that destroys this thing where man has power over men. I can't look at you and say, folks, you better straighten up and do right or you're going to go to hell or something. <clears throat> cross took that away. The cross destroyed that. Ephesians 2 and 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments. Would you circle that? What died in Christ? The law of commandments. Moses' law. The Torah. Any law that man could make, they were destroyed in his body. Having destroyed in his flesh the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, named it all there, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. That's why religion hates grace because you can't preach grace and not preach that the law died its ordinances its commandments they all died in his body on the cross they died there well I can hear somebody think of my lord if it took away all the law and commands nobody would be serving God you're wrong it's just the opposite of that. Grace makes it possible for you to live for God by another life. Grace is easy. Law is hard. In his body that was destined to die. body that wouldn't be worth a penny when they got through with it so that everything that went into that body would be just as dead as that body was that's the law that's the law there's another scripture that says it was abolished at the cross you can't get away from it. The new gospel given to Paul by Jesus Christ was based on what he did at that cross. 
and not based on what happens to man when they believe. They must believe. But that's not where the power is. Power is in the cross. I want to ask you a question. If he bore it all, your sin and Moses' law and every ordinance, if he bore it in his body, how could you do anything within yourself that would be more important than what he did on that cross? First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one. <clears throat> Paul has been talking about his water baptism experience. He talked about baptizing a few people. He named off all he could think of, which wasn't very many. But look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of non-effect. Christians kill each other over water baptism. Why did Paul make this statement? Because there are a lot of people that don't baptize in water anymore because of this statement. Why did he make it? It came to him that when he had pulled these people to the water and put them into the water and brought them up out of the water, the thought hit him, my God, where's the cross in this? Am I having to finish something that took place at the cross? Am I to do something now that completes what Jesus did? Am I finishing what he did? He says, I'll never baptize another. Why? Because of the cross. The understanding of the cross brought him to that place. See, that's a hard subject, isn't it? Because we've all been raised, I've baptized hundreds of people. But I didn't have the message of the cross like I do now. Anything, anything you do even a sanctimonious thing as water baptism nullifies in Paul's teaching a certain place in the cross. We're all taught that when you get saved, the first thing you got to do to 
to make sure you're saved, make sure you're straightened out, make sure you're going to live it, is get water baptism. I've had people to come to me desperately. Not long ago, a woman came to me so desperately that I had to baptize her in a, in a bathroom tub. Boy, it's hard to get her under there. <laughs> she was so desperate. She didn't feel saved. And I knew then that my, that made the cross void. You say, well, it's just a testimony to the world. When I want to testify to the world, I look at one of those crosses hanging around your neck or hanging on your wall, and I point to it and I say, that's where Litzman died. Another gospel. Another gospel. Go with me to Philippians 3. Philippians chapter 3. One of my favorite verses, verse 17. I'm glad it shows up right here. Philippians 3 and 17. Brethren, be followers together of me. I'm glad he said that because he's the only one who had this gospel. Christ only gave it to him. Eight times Paul says, follow me. He doesn't leave it in doubt. He says, you better follow me. I'm the only one that has this gospel. He's the only one that knew to separate soul and spirit. He's the only one that knew that man was a tripartite man. And now we see he's the only one that knew what really happened at the cross and writes about it. Verse 18, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things they can be in the kingdom message and all of those things be so and be saved but the next verse lifts us up for our conversation our daily walk is in heaven from whence we also look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ Now, if Paul stood before you, he would be honored. You're a blessed, gracious group of people. But if he stood before you, he would tell you that anybody that does not preach what I preach, I consider an enemy of the cross. He didn't just say that here. He started out in Galatians saying that if anybody preach any gospel other than that which I preach, let them be cursed. Accursed. He never beats around the bush. He got the message from Jesus and the message was different than anything else in the Bible. The message was different than the message of the kingdom. The message was different. Jesus brought a different message in grace than he did in the kingdom. Why? The kingdom message belongs strictly to Israel. But the message of grace belongs to whosoever believeth. It ought to bother you that so many today are trying to make the church kingdom thing. It ought to bother you. 
that they could be so ignorant in the scriptures and not rightly divide the kingdom and the church. The church is not going through the tribulation. The church is not going to stay on earth. The church is not going to be an earthly thing. Never was intended to be. Our conversation, he says here, is in heaven. Where our daily walk is. Now, what was God's intention at the cross? His intention was that he would take this living soul and he would bring them through the cross. Our message has already told us who we are. We're in Christ. Christ is our life. But God said, I'll take them through the cross, and what will happen, this believer is not only going to believe that Christ died for their sins, but that believer is going to have to believe that they died also. So what does that do? That takes all of these things that make you who you are. And that pulls them up here to the cross. And everything that you are is going to die here. D-I-E. What is he going to do with Adam? He's going to kill him. You know, it always bothered me when I read over in Genesis about how Adam got in all that mess and, and he disobeyed God and Adam and Eve were in such an awful trial, and I always thought, why didn't God give them a little bit of His grace and cause them to repent of their sin? Would not God have forgiven Adam if he had repented? Sure He would have. But Adam never repented. And so I was left with the thought, well, bad things happen to Adam, but when in the world will Adam ever get straightened out? Ah, He's going to get straightened out because every Adamite is going to go through the cross and everything that makes them an Adamite is going to die. Now listen to me. I'm to the core of what our subject will be during this conference. Everything that makes you you was brought through the cross and when he died, it died. Your attitude, your morals, your religion, your talents, they all died. Were new creatures made at the cross? The cross is not something he did for us, it's something he did to us. He killed us. He killed everything that has to do with a living soul, with Adam. He killed it. He took our desires and he killed them. You didn't know this because you didn't have this gospel. 
We all got saved. We thought, now I'll be better. I'll be able to do this better, that better. When you come through the cross, we're going to see that that may not be in God's intention at all for you. He's not going to make these things better. He's going to kill them. They're going to die. Philippians 3. We're already there. Let's look at something. Philippians 3. Verse 4. Here's Paul. Personal testimony. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I got a whole lot more. Here's his list. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrews as teaching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal and persecuted the church touching righteousness which is in the law I was blameless. But here it is. But what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ. Where'd that happen, Paul? Happened at the cross. But I had to find out in my Christian walk what took place at the cross. So he said gradually, as time went by, I saw the loss of all of these things, everything that made me me. Got another verse down here. If I can find it. Verse 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. What's behind that statement? It's this. Paul came to the realization that when he got saved, he couldn't bring this whole mess of who he was over here in Christ. Didn't fit. It didn't fit a Christian. It didn't fit God's purpose for his life. So he says that all of these things that made me who I am, I have suffered the loss of for the excellency of the knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge of who I am in Christ. I suffered the loss of all those things. So here's how it works. All of these things come with you as an Adamite when you come to the cross. They're all in you. And God kills them. He doesn't need one thing that makes you you. Not one thing. You understand that? I heard a hillbilly singer not long ago on the television who had turned Christian and he said, it was a glorious day when I found out the Lord wanted my talent. <laughs> my first idea was, well, if God's no bigger than this guy, but that guy was wrong. God didn't need him. God loved him and wanted him saved, but he didn't need any of his talent. He didn't need anything he had. He just wanted him. So when you bring all of this stuff up to the cross and you go through the 
cross, it dies. What happens? You come out of the cross a dead man. Oh, you were full of life. Oh, I got this attitude. I got these talents. I got these desires. I got a great vision for the work of the Lord. When you go through the cross, they all die. You come out a dead man. I am crucified with Christ. Kills. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, Christ, liveth in me. You see it? Okay, we finally get this old square head over here in Christ. Now his life is not his own. It's not his life anymore. It's not me that lives, it's him. I got that fixed, it's him that lives. Well, I wonder if there's anything about me he likes. Is there anything in me he wants? had somebody say to me one time that had a doctorate degree. They said, I've been in school all my life. Do you think the Lord wants any of that? I said, I don't know, but I doubt it. <laughs> Let me tell you how it works. You're in Christ. Christ is your life. What does Christ need of all this stuff over here you become? What He wills. What He wants. It took me a long time to find that out. I thought God wanted me to be a great evangelist. Did a little bit, not much. Thought He wanted me to be a prophet. Did a little bit, not much. Oh, He was asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? Only when I came in to this message did I ever know what I was created for. Well, let's say the Lord is gracious and he, he takes a look at you as a human. Maybe you've you uh, got a lot, a lot of good points. He doesn't care about those. He wants you to be Christ, not your good points. And he looks over here and he says, Well, that person's got some talent. I can use a little of that. So that goes to be who this brother is. Or he's got some abilities. I can use a little of that. Or he's got some vision. I can use a little of that. It'll take you your lifetime to find out who you are. You're not going to find out what God wants you to be or who you were created to be by asking him to help you in what you are now. After you've been through the cross and you died, you were born again. Well, our time is out for today. These sessions go so fast, but we'll pick up next week with Warren Litzman as he continues this study on the cross. As usual, we'd like to invite you to go to our website, read all about us, read all about the In Christ message that we're so proud to present to you, christ-life.org, christ-life.org. That's where you'll find us, and please go to that bookstore and get some of these wonderful gems that Warren left behind. Our thanks to Robbie Litzman for allowing us to get into the archives each week to find you these wonderful teaching sessions. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock does the weekly podcast notes. 
and the program is produced each and every week by the talented Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.